When was the last time you allowed yourself to wonder? When did you last daydream? How often do you let your curiosity guide you? I'm not being hypothetical here. In the sincerest sense, I wonder when you last said or wrote or thought to yourself, I wonder. If you're somewhere over the age of 18, chances are that you don't spend as much time wondering now as you used to spend wondering as a kid. I can't speak specifically for you, so I'll speak for me. In preschool, I wondered if I could own my own penguin. In elementary school, I wondered what would happen if I cut my own hair. In middle school, I wondered what it was like to drive a car. In high school, I wondered what college was like. In college, I wondered what job a Spanish and linguistics degree would afford me. And interestingly, it was around that same time of college that my random penguin ponderings and curious cuts and dreams of driving ended, and my wonderings transitioned to mostly another W word, worry. And if I were a gambling woman, I'd bet that I'm not alone that many of you could relate and recognize a transition in your own lives where the wandering waned and the worrying waxed. When it comes to paying bills and raising a family, working a job, juggling, juggling a schedule, making plans, caring for loved ones, maintaining a home, or any other adult responsibility, chances are that you spend more time worrying instead of dreaming imagining, and wondering. Even the author of this 77th Psalm spends half of the entire passage worrying. The first 10 of 20 verses are spent describing a worry, a stress, and despair. And rightly so. Considering that scholars infer this Psalm of lament to be from the perspective of a war-weary civilian, likely on the losing side. Really hear what the psalmist writes here. With my voice to God, I cry aloud. With my voice to God, that she may hear me. In the day of my trouble, the Holy One I seek. My hand at night is stretched out without rest. My soul refuses to be comforted. It sounds like the psalmist is beginning to spiral, even wondering if God cares. They go on, will the Holy One reject for all time and never show favor? Has her faithful love ceased for all time? Has her promise ceased to pass from generation to generation? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has she in anger closed off her mother love? They are crying out to God to no avail. They are trying to reach out to the Holy One to no comfort. They're trying to rest their weary soul, but they cannot sleep. They are trying to verbalize their anguish, grasping, searching for a thought, a past memory, or even a song to comfort and appease their worry, but they can't fight it off. I wonder if worry is not something to fight off or defeat or 
conquer or try to overcome. I, I wonder if acknowledging worry is just human. I wonder if owning up to our worry is a step toward healing. I wonder if God can handle our confessions of worry. There's a popular Christian teaching resource for children called Godly Play. And despite all the ways greed and capitalism has commercialized it and diminished it, uh, diminished an originally decent idea, one concept of Godly Play that I admire and wish more adults would embrace is wonderment. A curiosity and inquisitiveness about what could be and what God could do. Godly play builds a sense of wonderment in children with questions that start with the same phrase, I wonder. The I wonder questions aren't haphazardly posited. The questions of I wonder are asked with integrity. They're intended to be open-ended. They provide room for the spirit and for others to wonder alongside one another. In short, this powerful phrase, I wonder, is used in godly play to nurture children to explore the mystery of God's presence in their lives. It teaches them how to listen for God and teaches how to make creative responses to God's call in their lives. Which leads me to ask again, when was the last time you wondered? The last time you wondered about the mystery of God or listened out for God or responded creatively to God's call. I wonder if we wondered a bit more then maybe we would worry a bit less. In fact, the writer of the psalm seems to understand wonder as this kind of tool to diminish some of the worry in our lives. And the psalmist uses the remaining verses to simply wonder. So now, I wonder how we too can limit our worry with wonder. I wonder how we can shift from worry to wonder. I wonder how we can use wonder to reduce our own life worries. I believe the remaining verses provide at least three clues for us. First, we need to remember, around verse 11, the writer remembers God's deeds. They write, I will contemplate the deeds of the ageless God, and I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and reflect on your deeds. What I appreciate about the psalmist is that the first few verses made it clear that knowing God is present isn't always a comfort or solution to our worries. But when we get to verse 11, they can still remember what God has already done. While typically wandering looks forward, it never hurts to look backwards. Our wandering begins with remembering. In fact, the word remember is mentioned no fewer than 200 times in most English translations of the Bible. Why? Because sometimes remembering those random pieces of our past are necessary to piece together a solution for our future. 
Those hodgepodge pieces of this and that may make, no, may make no sense on their own, but together they create an unexpected mosaic or a beautiful tapestry or creative collage of who you could be, where you could go, what you could do, if you just allowed yourself to wander. Remember when you were five? What did you want to be when you grew up? Remember when you tried something new and you loved it? Remember how it felt when you did that brave thing that you said you'd never do? Hear me, our past are not guaranteed to be part of some bigger purpose, but we can decide to use our past to help us forge a new way forward. Now be advised, Remembering means remembering what went well and what worked, but also what went wrong and what didn't work. Remembering past takes some honesty and vulnerability. But as Brene Brown says, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. Friends, in your transition from worry to wonder, don't forget to remember the past. Second, as you work on transitioning from worry to wonder, second, we must imagine the unseen. Around verse 14, the psalmist recalls the redeeming God of Jacob and Joseph. This reference isn't a random mention of well-known biblical figures from Sunday school, but in a Jewish culture with a rich tradition of history and kinship through storytelling, it was about knowing the deeds that God did for their ancestors. The psalmist could be referring to God's vision and naming Jacob as a patriarch of God's people, God's protection when reconciling with Jacob's brother, God granting Joseph the ability to interpret dreams, God favoring Joseph and leading him to the number two spot in Egypt, God using Joseph to save his people from famine, or some other great deed or combination of deeds. The specifics we really don't know, but we do know that the psalmist is imagining some events they never personally witnessed, they never personally experienced, they never personally saw. All they have is what they can imagine. I wonder what God deeds happened to us that we never even saw. Accidents we didn't realize we avoided. Lives we inspired, but never heard about. Fruits of our labor that we never personally reaped. Like the psalmist, it's so easy to get caught up and worried about things that could happen, but like the psalmist, that energy could be better spent imagining all the wonderful things that have already happened. As we get older, it's hard. It's hard to imagine what we've never seen for ourselves. But that's one reason why Jesus implores us to be like the little children. Children who have the best imaginations. No limits, no obstacles, no reality checks. 
Reminds me of this past summer when I helped out with our Vacation Bible School. I showed a class of the first graders, I believe, a video, a brief clip, of a community that offered a free community pantry. This was in relation to our discussion of community compassion. As I explained to them how this free pantry was important and essential because everyone can't afford groceries, one little boy raised his hand and said, can't we just give everybody the money to eat? Soon the others chimed in, vocally agreeing like, yeah, yeah, and even offering to share their own money. And I felt that adult urge to say, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not possible, or it's just too hard, I haven't seen that, or something else limiting, but instead, I leaned into his ability to imagine the unmanageable, a world where we fed everyone, and I told him that he had my vote if he ran for office. What the psalmist and this young child understood was that sometimes we need to be bold enough to visualize, to imagine, and to dream and wonder of what we've never even seen. They allowed themselves to imagine this unimaginable, to wonder, to think outside the box, to think of the wow instead of worrying about the who, the what, the when, the where, and the how. I wonder. What creations, ideas, inventions, and solutions we would have if we allowed ourselves to imagine like children. If we allowed ourselves to imagine the unmanageable. Again, to shift from worry to wonder. We have to take that limit off. We have to remove the obstacles and that impossibility energy and instead put that energy into imagining what could be. If we can't even imagine the outcome, we stop looking for solutions. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be so worrisome that I can't even imagine a better world that I can't imagine God's kingdom. I want to still be able to wonder what it's like to live in a world without starvation and homelessness and disease and discrimination and injustice. I want to still wonder what it's like to live in a world where everyone has their basic needs met, where education is funded, where money doesn't determine someone's value. I still want to wonder. Do you wonder? Lastly, to shift from worry to wonder, we have to be okay with uncertainty. In verses 16 through 20, the psalmist is referencing the crossing of the Red Sea in the book of Exodus. But I find it interesting that the focus is on the natural phenomena taking place, the waters trembling, the clouds raining, skies thundering, lightning flashing, earth shaking, etc., etc. And God, though unseen, guiding the entire way, somehow through the uncertainty of a storm, the unseen God made a path. Well, after experiencing back-to-back -back snow here in Charlotte, I think we can relate to the nature and wonder 
excuse me, to nature and weather being one of the most uncertain phenomena in our known world. We make educated guesses, but at the end of the day, we are left wondering, will it snow or will it not? Is this going to be a category one or a category five? Will it rain a centimeter or will there be a flash flood warning? I wonder. And just like the psalmist who, unlike other biblical laments, ends with no certain answer on their specific worries. And that's the part we don't like. When we don't know the resolution. So we don't even want to imagine the possibilities, but I appreciate the psalmist intentionally closing this psalm with a reminder to keep moving forward, bravely into an unknown and uncertain future. Just as the Israelites moved forward bravely into an unknown and uncertain future just beyond the stormy Red Sea, they didn't know what lies ahead, but they knew they couldn't stay in Egypt. And they knew worrying too much would keep them stuck where they were. What, what if it's scary? What, what if there's things we don't recognize out there? What, what if there are new people? What, what if there are new situations and different things that we haven't experienced before? What if, what if, what if? The what if worries will weigh you down. The psalmist says they moved forward, even in uncertainty. Unfortunately, more often than not, we don't move forward. We freeze, wasting our energy, spinning in circles of what if, what if, what if, what if worry. And we put all that energy into imagining the worst possible outcome, none of which compels us to keep moving forward. I mean, we spend so much time worrying what could go wrong that we never stop running in place to wonder what could go right. We worry what would happen if it doesn't work out, that we never get off the spinning hamster wheel to wonder what would happen if it does work out. To move from worry to wonder, we have to actually move forward and unburden ourselves from the what-if worries, even if that way forward seems uncertain. To move from worry to wonder, we must remember. We must imagine the unseen. And we must be okay with the uncertainty. I wonder what life would look like if we actively work to replace our worry with wonder. Let me be clear, I, I'm not downplaying our genuine concerns in this thing we call life, but I also know that we owe it to ourselves to put just as much energy, if not more, into wondering than worry. More energy into hope, more energy into dreams, more energy into trusting God to not forsake us, more energy into the good plans that God has for us to prosper us and not harm us, more energy into walking right through the night and through the storm, knowing that 
God takes our hand and leads us onward and lets us stand. I, I wonder what then this world could be. I wonder who this church can become. I wonder what I can do for this community. I wonder what you can do for this world. And it's going to take some bravery to wonder without the limits. So I can't speak for you, but I'm going to begin to bravely wonder about the possibilities and courageously plan for the future and boldly hope for change. And I dare you to wonder, not with me, but wonder with God's spirit. I wonder. Do you? Amen.